What up, what up, back at it again. Another week. Listen, we've been gone for a little bit. We're off for a little bit. Listen, life happens, guys. We have life. People do things. People work. They have jobs. But I'm here. I'm your boy, Gabe. That's Julian over there. And that's your boy, Jojo. Here. We're back at it again. We're covering lots of sports. Listen, it's going to be very centric. We're in the middle of the feel like, you know... Not a sports equinox, so I feel like there's lots of things going on. NBA, we're closing down. We're not going to talk about NBA today because you know, we, we got other time. We got another it's week for that. equinox. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to talk about so that. So much going on in March, man. Yeah. It's literally March Madness across <laughs> sports right now. It's all like, mad. I, I don't even know how we're keeping up. Like, yeah. listen, we haven't been recording, but trust, we, we've been watching or attending. Yeah. So, you know, or attending. The boys so, let, been a little busy. Boys been a little busy right now. Yo, let's recap because we've been off two weeks. So, you know, we had a two-week tournament, the World Baseball Classic. Uh, you know, JoJo was hyped as hell. Uh, Julian, he don't really watch baseball. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to watch because, you know, it's fun. And it seemed like overall the World Baseball Classic was pretty much successful. Like, it seemed like a very fun event. And JoJo, you actually went to the games. They were actually hosting in Miami. So when they got later in the rounds, they hosted in Miami. So, JoJo, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, how was your uh, experience watching the game? Because you went to a lot of games. Yeah, it's crazy. Listen, honestly, I don't even know where to start. And but what I can say is I definitely took advantage of this tournament, like I said in previous episodes. Um, highly anticipated. You know, Julian and I went back in 2017. Uh, we're fortunate to attend USA versus DR. And, you know, at that moment, that was probably one of the most exciting games I've gone to. Um, so we were waiting, right? And it got postponed for COVID. Um, and, yeah, since, you know, Miami was hosting all three rounds, you know, we're definitely fortunate enough to attend. And it's crazy. I mean, obviously, I was going for uh, for Puerto Rico. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, we did lose um, in the quarterfinals to Mexico, which was actually an amazing game. So, I don't even know, man. Like, I attended seven games across the board. Uh, we started off uh, Puerto Rico, Israel. So I was actually fortunate enough, and I was with Julian, to witness the first ever perfect game in World Baseball Classic history and the second no-hitter. But it was the first perfect game. Uh, so, unfortunately, Team Israel didn't get a hit, didn't get a base runner. No one got walked. Uh, we mercy ruled them in the seventh inning. We're up 10 zip. Uh, Julian, I don't know if you want to tag along, tell us your experience in that game specifically, and then I'll carry on with like some of the other games. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they say that they're trying not to count it or something like that because it wasn't a full nine innings or something, which I yeah. think is garbage. Like, I, know. I mean, it's, it's a like mercy rule game. It's a, if yeah. anything, that's more impressive. Like, that's more impressive that the game got so out of hand that you had to end it. But – yeah, I mean, it was know, awesome. It, it wasn't the most, like, uh, filled for that game, obviously, because there's not really many, like, Israeli fans um, that were that attended. So it was mostly just Puerto Rican fans. So it wasn't, like, the most anticipated matchup, like JoJo will talk about after this, um, where the stadium was filled with people and had a crazy atmosphere. But it was very impressive to just see, like, Puerto Rico just flex their dominance and just see, like, the the difference in levels because I'm pretty sure like Israel the entire team except for like maybe one or two players were in the majors I mean it got to the point where I was he- hearing the fucking this guy first baseman Jilly Billy Smith playing for the Long Island Plumbers and I'm like what the <laughs> fuck is it's <laughs> like where are they fi-? and I told Jojo going into this I bet you all these motherfuckers are from Brooklyn I was like I bet you. <laughs> 
So, but yeah. No, yeah, it's crazy, right? And it shows, you know, one, just the dominance, uh, you know, Puerto Rico, but also gives exposure to, you know, um, a lot of players who are trying to make their way into, you know, the MLB, right? They they play professionally, obviously, with double-A, triple-A. Um, but this tournament will give them exposure to get these signings depending on how they perform. Um, so that's a really, you know, dope opportunity. And like Julian said, like, again, this wasn't the most anticipated game of the tourney. And, in, yo, the Puerto Ricans, we flooded the stadium. It was definitely like 85 90% Puerto Ricans at this game. And we all witnessed the perfect game. I don't care if they count it or not. Yeah. All right. We, it's not awful. We merge. Yeah. Man. That's the rules. Like, yeah. Hey, we're just going off tournament. You rules. play the like, game, man. You throw the ball. You know, play the anything, game. <laughs> we could have extended it. We could have held on nine zip until you know the ninth inning, and that doesn't guarantee they would have got on. But um, it was really cool. So we had the walk off as well. Obviously, when you gone over um, ten runs by the seventh yeah. inning, like they call the game. And uh, the second part of the mercy rule: if you're up fifteen by the fifth inning. That's also a game yeah. as well. Um, so that, that was dope. That was dope. And second game I went to, kind of the same thing. Literally the next day was Dominican Republic versus Israel uh, once again. And uh, it's funny because DR, they won with a walk-off and a one-hitter. So both games were actually pretty similar. It was just pure dominance. It was 10-zip or 10-1. I forgot what it was, 11-1. I don't know. They might have got shot out again, but regardless, it was a mercy rule win. And just to see that lineup, you know, um, with DR's power and the hitting, uh, that that was that was ridiculous. Again, the stadium flooded um, with majority Dominican fans. And yeah, let's get into after the games, though, because after both games, man, shout out to the Marlins and Lone Depot Park. They really set it up. Uh, they had DJs. They had live bands. They had performances. So after every game, I stood. We hung around for like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, just vibing. Yeah. Just vibing. You got the instruments everywhere. Uh, it was definitely like an experience. And I remember way back, 2013, senior year in high school, um, watching the games on TV and just seeing that in the stands. And you would always think one day, like, damn, I would love, I would love to go. I would love to participate. I would love to feel. Yeah. You know, like the culture. Being an right? adult and be like, yeah, <laughs> be like out there. You know, Corona in my hand. <laughs> I'm out here dancing bachata after the game with a life. I'm like, that was yo, once in a lifetime, man. Um, so I definitely didn't take any of these games for granted because you never know, right? Let's say all of a sudden they want to switch the host city for whatever yeah, reason. Put it to New York you know, or something. It, it, and I'm thinking that. So we'll get into that too. I'm like, yo, if they ever did at Yankee Stadium, they'll have a dope turnout. Um, so the first two games um that I attended definitely um Got me excited for this third one, which was, to me, um, the most anticipated game of the tournament with PR versus DR. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's go crazy. Listen, that, that's the battle That's the battle of New York right there. <laughs> that's, that's bragging rights. Like, this game happens once every four years if we even match up against each other. Um, so that was dope, man. I had to pray, uh, you know, pay a little penny for it, but it was definitely worth it. Uh, you know, we, we had to go out and experience that. And, yo, shout out to my boys because we got the job done. Yeah. Uh, we won 5-2. That was probably my favorite game of all time attending. Again, like, for the, for the game, but just for the atmosphere as well. Yeah, That's I was going to say the atmosphere. Hands down, insane. the funniest 
game, right? And, and it was dope because no matter where you were, you just you saw PR, you saw DR, you saw PR, you saw DR. Yeah. Uh, you you saw them, you know, you saw families, mixed families, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. You saw couples. You saw. I went with my girl. She was Dominican, yeah. and you know, and her dad. So. <laughs> You know, that was mixed emotions there. Like, you're rooting for both teams in a sense. Yeah. You want your team to win, but you want to see a good game. And, you know, that's what we saw. Like, what would have been dope, though, if, um, you know, if it was a little closer, like, you know, everybody wants to see that walk off or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. want to see it come down to the to the last inning. It'd be tight um, at the end. Yeah, it wasn't like that, right? Uh, we, we came up. We had a strong start. We were a four-zip. Um, I think we had two home runs in the same inning. We went ballistic. Like, that was insane. Um, we also had an inside the park home run that game. That was dope to see from Lindor. Um, and, you know, they, they put up a couple of runs. But then it, I don't want to say it got quiet because, honestly, it was never really quiet that game. Listen, if, yeah. if they caught a, a, a fly ball in center field, like, you're going crazy in the stands. Like, you had all the instruments, the guidas, you had trumpets, you had drums. I had yeah. my, yeah. what do you call it? Um, Cowbell. I, the- the, the cowbell, like, the cowbell, cowbell. crazy <laughs> going crazy um <clears throat> that was really cool though that was really cool um and moving forward from that game uh i went to a couple of the quarterfinal games i went to the semifinals game and i even went to the championship game yeah so yeah it, it was i had to take advantage man tickets honestly yeah. guys were not that bad uh the day of the game right so you kind of had to wait sit a little bit um a lot of people panic sold their tickets or let's say couldn't attend, let's say. Um, so I went to PR Mexico. That was a heartbreaking loss. You want to hear a funny story? No. So we went, a four, we went a four zip in the first inning. And you know what I did? Wow. I bought the semifinal ticket. To <laughs> You're like, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going all the way, baby. <laughs> and I told JoJo, I'm going to wait. I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yo, granted, I got blessed because it was Mexico, Japan in that semifinal, which it should have been PR. Yeah. And Japan ended up winning with a walk-off, sending them to the final. So I was like, you know what? I at least got my money's worth. Yeah, you got a moment. Puerto Rico you got a moment. But listen, listen, guys, don't ever get too excited. Don't ever jump the gun. <laughs> Let them play the full nine innings, four quarters, whatever it is. Again, Puerto Rico, we won a four-zip against Mexico in the first inning. I bought the tickets. I'm like, <laughs> It's I had over. The game's over. We're cooking them. And guess what? Those were the only four runs we scored that entire game. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> so there's there's a story for y'all. There's a story for y'all. Um, and it, it's funny. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, was like, I was just sitting there, and it was like <laughs> it's four nothing, and then it's like it's four two, and it's four three. And then four or five, I'm like, bro, are they not going to score? Like, I mean, like, they just scored the first inning and didn't even touch, touch it again. It's- Yo, that that game, man, you know, like you said, we lost. But, damn, the atmosphere, just the atmosphere in that. And uh, Julian was there as well. And it was crazy because shout out to your boy. Well, not, not a real shout out. I'm just saying. Uh, or Rosarena, who actually yeah, held man. it down for Mexico the entire tournament. He had that moment. Yeah. He had he too many a- moments. He had to cut that fly ball. He was sitting there. He, he caught the like, fly ball, hit the wall. He's everybody. <laughs> then he has to go ahead and just just hit doubles whenever he wants. And I'm just here like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Man. Shout out to my Cuban brethren. Shout out to the Yo, Cuban. I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even going to get into that. But, you know. Do you ever I, hear I, why? You hear the story why, actually? 
He said no. something because he got asked it a lot. He got asked it a lot throughout the tournament. Gabe, you know? Well, I, he, he was too good. The, the team said he was too good, and they thought he, he would defect. And then when they had a tournament, uh, I forget where they had a tournament, uh, they, he just had to stay behind because they were like, this guy's going to leave. Like, he's going to defect. Like, he's too good. He's probably going to go to Mexico. So he eventually got to Mexico, and uh, that's how he um, got into the United States. But I think he asked the United, he asked the Mexican president for citizenship so he could play. You know, he wanted to play, obviously, play in the tournament, mm. and he wasn't going to play for Cuba. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that's that, that's pretty much what I mean. I heard. Uh, yeah, he he basically said because one of the first places he played professionally was in Mexico. He said that Mexico gave him the opportunity to like play baseball. He played. He started out playing minors in Mexico and then worked his way wow. up to the professional league, and then uh, obviously came over to the MLB. But he pretty much he raised his daughter. I think his daughter was born in Mexico too, so his daughter's technically Mexican. And uh, he just felt more with that because the fact that Mexico yeah. gave him the opportunity to become a player. Yeah. So that's I, why he wanted to. I respect it. that. You know what? I respect it because, you know, uh, like they had this discussion in the NBA about Damian Lillard. And, you know, these people have like an allegiance like, yo, they drafted me. They believed in me. Like, I'm going to stick it out here. Um, so I, I, I respect that. Like, he's like, yo, y'all gave me an opportunity. I fucking got to grow. I got to be, you know, grow up as an adult. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. It happens a lot in a lot of like international things, like where you represent a country. I've noticed that like a lot of people are like, well, it's the country who, who gave me the opportunity. I mean, you see it a yeah. lot in like Olympics or like World yeah. Cup or whatever. It's like, this is the country that I was kind of raised in and what gave me the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm going to roll with that one. So, yeah. so the actual but, yeah, but you want to, right? So he had like a dual citizenship. <laughs> was that what it was? Uh, I think that's how he well that he, when he, so. when he defected he went to Mexico and then he eventually made it to the to yeah. US yeah well to, to to play for any country you have to to be at a least citizen. have a passport yeah, yeah be a resident a you, you have to be have, a resident you have to be a, a green card yeah or yeah. whatever their equivalent yeah, yeah. is of a green card you have to be you a resident have a passport well man listen man if it wasn't for this man we w- we would have been in the semifinals bro so. And uh, Carlos Correa was dearly missed in that tournament as well. You know, shout out to him and his newborn child. But we needed him. We needed we needed the boy. Uh, moving on, um, yo, USA came to town, right? So, you know, they advanced um, from Pool C as the two seed, which, you know, no one saw that coming. So the head-to-head matchup, Mexico beat USA. Um, they both finished the top of their pool with Mexico being first. Um, and then you know, USA being second. So USA got the matchup against Venezuela, which was Pool D uh, winner, which we didn't even get into because, damn. Yo, shout out Venezuela because they took out two of the powerhouses in Pool yeah. D and fucked up for all of us because yeah. they made PR versus DR an elimination game. Yeah, for real. Which, which was <laughs> they said, we're the like, powerhouse. They said, we're the powerhouse. Nah, man. I got to I gotta give them a shout out. Because, uh, that, was, that was crazy. That was crazy. They beat DR, put them on, on notice, and then they beat Puerto Rico after. And then it was a wrap. It was like, that's it. Like, it came down to PR versus DR. Who's going to leave the pool? So that made that and game. And I don't know if you remember. Before, I told JoJo coming into the tournament, he was just brushing off Venezuela. Yeah. Like, coming I thought into it, was, it yeah. I'm like, I don't know, Listen, man. Yeah. Like, Venezuela's they're always stacked. good on paper, bro. They're, they're always back. <laughs> It does, and they never proved th- themselves until now. Four and zero. Well, they're fucking. They were stacked, bro. So moving on to that game, USA versus Venezuela, which was, that was one for the books. I don't know if you guys saw that one on TV. I saw the highlights. No, which All I right, saw that was, run, uh, essentially to witness Trey Turner's monster. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. When we went off. Oh yeah. USA I remember that. The lead. I got the I videos. Know. 
the the excitement. So PR DR was my favorite game to attend. One of the loudest games to attend. I would say the loudest game, the loudest game of the entire tournament was USA versus Venezuela. I mean, the fan base in Venezuela was relentless. Like, re, re, like they did not stop. And they came out, they had a lead as well. And, you know, USA came back. And it looks like they had the game in the bag. If it wasn't for that grand slam, which would, which put USA up by two, man, they, they would have they would have been in the semifinals for sure. Mm. That, that shit was, I don't even know how to explain it. The loudest game. For? Yo, honestly, I just wanted to see a good game, so I I, I wasn't room for anybody. I was I was uh, you know, just I was chilling, bro. I was chilling. I, just I did want to cement. I was gonna say I did want to mention. I don't know if you got to see any of the games in Japan. I I, I didn't chance to, but I watched the highlights after. Man, the environment in Japan was. I did not expect that. I really expected oh, yeah. to like be filled, but more reserved, just due no, to like their culture. No. But like yeah. Jesus Christ, dude! Like they were. It looked like a soccer match. Like it, they had the flags waving, the they trumpets. They have chants. They have chants. Like, they have, they, yeah, everybody's yeah. all insane. It was. Shit. Yeah, it was cool it hearing was, their chants. It was insane. I saw Japan twice. I saw yeah. Japan twice, and it, it was it was cool. It was dope, especially when they they had like, the walk off. So, but like in Tokyo, I was like, damn! It, it literally reminded me of like you see like those international soccer matches. It was fucking insane. I was like, I didn't realize they got like. Don't get me wrong. I knew it was probably gonna be filled out, but I didn't know they were like that. Like. Rowdy, I guess. I didn't anticipate that. But and then it's when I saw like the highlights for Japan, Korea, it was just insane. Like Korea had like their own like dedicated like fenced off section and they were going nuts like when they scored. It was like, god damn, it was wild. And it was pretty cool to see like Otani like play in Tokyo. It was like the first time it was the first time too he's ever did it or something like that. Is that his it was, some, it was the first time he played in Tokyo since he left, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, since professional return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since he got signed from the Angels, um, obviously that's where he used to play before. But man, I'll tell you what, um, they have a very respectable uh, fan base. Um, yeah, league. You know, it- when they played, when they played in Mexico, um, I remember after the game walking through, they were legit taking photos with like Mexican fans. Yeah, like the people around us, they didn't know them. They they were just happy, but you know they were kind as well. Like it was crazy, yeah. and we were like, "Wait, who were you rooting for?" Because yeah. it's kind of hard to tell because they weren't like bragging or or anything, yeah. right? They they were calm after the game. They started cleaning up, and then whoever was near them, they'll ask to take photos of them, like with their flags and everything. And I was like, "Wow, yeah. shit, you didn't, I didn't see that." Wait, very <laughs> respectable. Julian knows because yeah. in soccer they do the same shit too. Like they'll when they Dude. go travel, they they clean up. They like they're very respectable fans. Yeah, that happened in the World Cup. There was like how the Japanese uh, locker room after the World Cup, after they won that like crazy game in advance. Yeah, like the entire locker room was spotless, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's yeah, like, Jesus. they left it spotless." I was like, "Damn, Japan, Japan." Yeah, so, you know, Back to that game, man, with the walk-off, they were down early as well. And watching Japan play with fundamentals was, like, some of the best baseball I've seen. You know, I enjoyed seeing Puerto Rico play live. I enjoyed seeing a powerhouse Dominican Republic play live. Of course, USA, you know, it's all-star. Mexico was super impressive. Venezuela was impressive. But for some reason, when Japan was down, I just had a feeling they'll chip their way back into the game. I mean, these guys had professionals. Professional base dealers, yeah. professional hitters, professional bunters. 
One of their players bunted with two strikes, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but you know, game when you play baseball, yeah. you bunt with two strikes and it falls off, you're, it's out. Yeah, it's out. All right, I'm talking in a, in a critical moment. But if you're good, if you're good yeah. though, if you have the skill, yeah, you can fucking bunt with two strikes. You know that I, that bunter, man, and that's how Puerto Rico lost our game to Mexico because we popped up a bunt and it was a wrap, and I was furious. So yeah. I'm like, yo, we need to call this guy right now. And <laughs> The training camp with us to show our guys how to bunt. Um, but it was in a critical moment. All, he did his job. All he had to do was advance the base runners. And then guess what? Next guy came in, hit a hit a single in a gap, brought in both runs because he did his job with two yeah. strikes. And apparently he won like a bunt contest in Japan. I don't know, for like All-Star Week or I don't even know. They do things like that. Um, and then going in to the championship game, USA versus Japan. Okay. Japan with two titles already. USA trying to go back to back. It was a spectacle. Um, it was yeah. pretty dope. You've you seen it all. You've seen all the action. Um, you saw home runs. You know, you saw a pitching duel. You know, you saw base stealing. And of course, it came. It came down to the end for the matchup that we all wanted to see. Full count, two outs. Otani versus Trout, <laughs> both Angel players, uh, two of the best players in Major League Baseball. And that matchup right there just made it worth it to win us yeah. in person. Um, yo, I want to know who the script writers are because they did it. <laughs> yo, Twitter was going right off. Now, Twitter right? was going off. Yo, I, was, I was here <laughs> you know, reading the script like, yo, this is going to happen, predicting the game. And holy shit, it happened. You know, and, it's so crazy yo, to think, too, because that's like that'll probably go down as like, or if not already, one of the greatest like final game matchups ever across baseball history and it's like you talk about the two giants of the sports going yep. at it in an international match on the same team it's just yeah yeah and, and and a player who doesn't he never closed or hasn't closed since he played in oh, japan or something Abel like that Kani come in and close and deflect like that for an inning <laughs> yes. yeah this it, it was insane it, it and you know it's so crazy that like this was at least for me and honestly i I, I wouldn't be surprised if it actually is. This is probably the most I've heard baseball be talked about in decades. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I was hearing people who have never even mentioned the word baseball to me talking about the match or even on Twitter. Like, like, I, like I'm on soccer Twitter as well. And these are people who never bring it up, ne- never bring up any other sport. And they were talking about the game, even NFL Twitter. They're talking about the game no. and like it. It was like the dream matchup, and it was just like I've I've never experienced, at least since I was like a little kid, like everybody talking about baseball. It, it was it was a great great event. I think it was the most successful World Baseball Classic ever. Yeah, I'm pretty no, sure. sure. I know in attendance. I, I don't know in ratings. But I know in attendance. It was game ever. Yeah. I think that was the most viewed professional game ever. I think. Uh, what, it, what I heard was like what? 50 percent of TVs in Japan were watching. 50 percent of the TVs were watching the, the, that final game. So I mean, and you're talking uh, about millions, yeah. like yeah. hundred million people. Yeah. Like it's it was it's Super Bowl numbers, probably bigger, honestly. Yeah, and it it's wild to see, and I yeah. I'm curious to see how baseball could like capitalize on that. Like, and you already know they're thinking of it. Like, you already know the MLB is like, damn, how can we like not necessarily recapture because I don't think you'll ever recapture it, but it's like, how can, how can you like take advantage of the situation of all the hype? Yeah. Cause you know, they're thinking I mean, about it. Like how, how are you going to do it? 
to go in three years. So in 2026, we're going to see World Baseball Classic come back. Um, mm. They moved it up a year because we lost a year because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so, mm. we, hey, three short years, we're going to wait. Yeah, And I'm yeah. excited to see the talent um, that's that's going to come around this time because I think it really built up hype, you know, not just for us as a fan base, but like, like Julian said, it's getting better and better that, you know, players are going to want to – attend right they, they're gonna want to play meaningful games um and you know have a chance to have a world title like i know we have the world series in the mlb but like an actual world title um to represent your country yeah. and you know and just to take pride in that and i'm like you know very appreciative to have taken advantage of this and gone to multiple games from each round you know you know meaningful games and just to see the pride see the culture in and out of the arena you know over here in Little Havana, um, which is which is wild to me. Like I'm still taking it in. Like I have a lot yeah. of content, you know, videos, photos. Just you know, I got to witness you know clutch home runs, strikeouts, uh, walk offs, yeah, big moments. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's like surreal. You know what I mean? And I was on go mode. Yeah, I was like, go to work, go to the game, go to work, go to the game. Like yeah. I was like, I don't know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> let, let let me ask just, you something. Like I'm. I'm curious because like how do I word this? Like um it to me it shows it's not necessarily the sport of baseball, it's about having meaningful games. That's what makes people excited. And I think that's like the one thing that I think MLB can take away is it's not necessarily like changing. Obviously, I think you should change elements of the sport that to make it like a little smoother, more modern. But it's like showing meaningful games. And I think that's what people want to see. It's like people want to see meaningful games. That's what creates excitement. And like I know everybody for decades has been banging the drum to shorten the season. And it's like if this to me doesn't show like you should shorten the season to make more meaningful games, I don't know what does. Like because it's exciting to see like this is a winner go home situation. It's like we it's it's game seven every game. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even with COVID season, I could speak on that, even though they did expanded playoffs. But um, I think they cut it down to 60 games, I want to say. I don't yeah, know, 70, 60, 60 games. games. Um, so you already know off the bat, like, every game mattered at that moment once they cut the games yeah. because that's, that's your chance to make playoffs. Um, I feel like it did have a good impact of viewership, even though no one actually attended the games to experience it. We were watching at home on TV. Um I would be against it. I know baseball starts in March, ends in October. That's an extremely yeah. long season. There's a lot of series. There's like seven games. Your team will play like four to seven games a week. Um, it's a lot, you know. Not, yeah. For not for the I'm average not like, fan, right? So like for baseball fans, yeah. like we can enjoy it. But like if you're kind of outside of that, you know, you tune in every once in a while, and it's hard to it's hard to keep up with what's going on with the it's season. Hard, it's a super yeah, long you get season. busy for. You get busy for a week and all of a sudden you miss like six games and you're like four games yeah. below 500 or some shit. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not even necessarily against like March to October. Just maybe spread it out. Like put less in like, I don't know, like twice a week. Have like two games a week instead of five. Like, you know, something like that would be crazy. But um, yeah, I think it was it was super, super successful. It was really cool to see baseball talk nice. like that in this country. Um, which is something we haven't seen. And I think it's an inherent advantage that baseball and MLB has is take advantage of the fact that you have something that none of the other major American sports in this country has, which is like uh, enough international players to where you can create 
this World Cup style yeah. thing That's and replicate and replicate what what you see in s- soccer where it, it's the biggest spectacle in the world. S- see what they do and you're like, all right, how can we bring that? How do we foster that? Because who's to say like maybe seeing Mexico and going that run, it's sparking that next generation who got to see Mexico play. Yeah. And like create something because it's something I've personally seen in soccer, and I think it can be replicated in baseball. It's like seeing your country go on that run will like forever change you and shape the way yeah. you look at it. And I just want to speak to like, yo, a lot of the conversation was like, oh, you know, because a lot of people got mad. You want to talk about Puerto Rico, Jojo? You know, we saw uh, Edwin Diaz get hurt uh, celebrating after a win, and you know, yeah. he's out for the season. And you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, this is terrible. The owners are going to hate this. They're, I don't want my players getting injured. This is a meaningless game. I'm sorry, but the fucking players, they're playing like it's a fucking meaningful game. They're playing like, yeah. yo, they're, yeah. you know, I, I, I hear this thing. Uh, we're going to get into, NC, you know, the March Madness stuff. Uh, uh, the women's, uh, UM women, they, they have a, a practice squad they play against. They play against men for practice squad. And they say sometimes when they play the men, they play like they're trying to play for a scholarship, even though they're like a practice squad of like people who are not on the actual men's team. Yo, yeah. these players, they're playing with enthusiasm. They play like they give a fuck. They play like they care. The fans came out. Pride, man. You saw you Pride. saw Miami. Miami, there's people like mm. baseball. Miami likes baseball. Latin culture Likes loves baseball. Right. They come out. They fucking sold out that stadium. So there's a lot of enthusiasm. You want to call it a meaningless game? That's not how the players were That's playing. It. You saw the attempt. To me, it's ignorance. Yeah, yeah. You tell me the Angels didn't love the fact that you had your two star players in in one of the most watched. That is the ultimate marketing tool. Yeah, that like that is that is why things like the World Cup and the Olympics are successful. Not even so much of the fact that, um, you know, your team, it's it's the the eyeballs. It's the marketing of it. It's like having the best players in the world like the Angels. Could it be any happier at the fact, you know, like. And I think they'll see the rewards. The Angels are going to be, who knows? They're going to probably foster this whole like fandom yeah. in Japan and in Asia. And honestly, like I don't like, I don't, I hated that and argument we'll, with the we'll injuries, re- You know, and and you know, Gabe, you recapped it perfect, man. With you know the cultures out here in Miami, like I couldn't have said that better myself. You know, yeah. and that was a point I was trying to make, and I'm glad you expressed that. And listen, Japan played seven games. They had four pool games. They had a quarterfinal, I think a, a semifinal, and the championship. You, you're telling me you can't put your player at risk if they even get to the championship yeah. to play seven seven games. Whereas in spring training, my half of my Yankees roster is already on their on the injury list. Yeah. And we're talking spring training. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, and this tournament is every four years. Yeah. So give or take it's yes, a stupid you know, argument. It, with the DS it's a dumb thing, argument. Yeah. It was unfortunate, right? He, if, he got hurt celebrating. It was a freak accident. Yeah, that could have happened walking on the, on the exactly. Car. If he got hurt jumping after a game, he could have got hurt going to the club or going to a Listen, dinner. Like that shit could have happened in spring training. Yeah. It could have happened. Like it, it's just it's a it's an ignorant thing to do because to me as an owner, like I want my players out there in the biggest baseball tournament in the world, showcasing yeah. my team. So then they can come and view my team once the season starts. Like if Edwin Diaz, said, like if he got hurt pitching fifteen innings, okay, tell me, okay, don't put him yeah, in anything. Man. If he got hurt of a freak accident, like that's just an accident. It's he just... literally closed out. He came in for an <laughs> inning, closed it out. He did his job. I was hyped. The trumpets came out. I was jumping around. I was hyped. <laughs> <laughs> so for Team Puerto Rico to experience that. 
that was amazing. Yeah, devastating, like, yeah. I, I, I feel bad for his brother. His and, brother you know, to Julian's point, to market the team, even for the Marlins, who knows? This might change the whole trajectory of attendance of this season because yeah. we had a few key players play as well. And they're marketing that hard. And season opener, guess who's coming right back because you kept seeing them on the screen? Your boy Lindor, who was the face of Puerto Rico. And the Mets are coming to town. So who knows? Puerto Rican fans might pull up uh, just to see him play again, you know, outside of the Classic. Uh, You have Sandy pitching. All the Dominicans might pull up again just to see him pitch because they saw him in a DR uniform. Um, Arreyes, you know, who played for Venezuela, you might see all those Venezuelans come to see him play. Uh, so it might bring hype back to the Marlins, even yeah. though they're not a very good team. Well, that's the thing. So, You've seen them in their country's uniform. Nah. You know, and that's the thing. I, people yeah. love people in Miami love baseball, but like, do they love the Miami Marlins? So, Julian, you talked about earlier about mentioning hype and talking about the next generation increasing uh, the hype or people who grow the. You know, I, I feel like this definitely was, like you said, a success. It grew this. You know, it, this has this can grow the sport. And as far as Miami, Miami Marlins baseball in Miami, yo, y'all need to steal shit. Y'all need to steal shit. The Vuvuzelas, all that trumpet shit. Y'all need to let people let people in with that. Let let let. Yeah. The experience in Miami, okay. Miami baseball, Miami Marlins, let it be a party. Let it have fun. That, JoJo mentioned it earlier. He's like, yo, I stayed around. At, he, JoJo said I stayed around an hour and a half afterwards just because it was a party. It was a fun. It was excitement. And right. it's difficult but, in 162 seasons to have that. But yeah. y'all need to steal, steal, steal. You know, it's a two-week tournament, and y'all need to steal whatever whatever element that yeah. uh, gives excitement to baseball in Miami. I did want to bring up, and I've actually been like – it, it relates to the baseball, but like I think it can portray to like other sports as well. Um, and I, I saw this thing, and I've actually been holding on to this topic for uh, like two weeks now because I go. wanted to bring it up Let to it you go. guys. No, because I think it's an interesting <laughs> thing. And it's like, um, do you think that having all this in game entertainment, things like DJs and all these mini games, has taken away from the atmosphere? of what the fans naturally give off because I saw somebody say, if you watch the world baseball classic, it's a prime example. And Joji, you went to all those games. Think about it. How much like other nonsensical shit did they have going on? They didn't. It was pretty much letting the fans take advantage of the situation and create the environment on their own. And that's why I touch on that. Yeah. That's a great point. (laughs) And 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 then um, because like, for example, like, you don't see that in college football. You don't see that in like world soccer. You don't see like you let the fans create the environment and it's 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 real. It's not manufactured. Yeah. And I think that's something that like um, it, it can go across all sports. Like you go to the NBA, like our NBA games, we don't have the atmosphere like you see in college. And playoffs, uh, playoffs, uh, though, it, it gets, you know, it gets loud in playoffs. It's, it's still it's it still doesn't even compete, though. Yeah. to like college or like even the Euro league in basketball. Like it, I think, and I'm curious, like, do you guys think that maybe teams should stop letting go of like trying to get so much of this manufactured entertainment and start letting the fans kind of like take over and foster and create traditions? Because when you think about traditions it's stuff that like the fans did on their own, like at the Florida Panthers with the rats, that was something they did on their own. It wasn't manufactured. And that's what creates like great atmosphere. Yeah, so, I mean, the first couple of games up until – I think the semifinals um, where they'll have like the host on the mic and everything, they didn't have any of that. So like Julian said, in between innings, depending on what team was playing, like what country, that's the style of music they were playing. 
And you already know when they do that, it's a party. So, you know, for example, Puerto Rico versus Dominican Republic, in between they were playing Bad Bunny, they were playing Dembo, they were playing Pachata, they were playing Merengue, they, they were playing... Playing to the crowd. Playing to, playing the, crowd. to the crowd. <laughs> to the crowd. There was no one talking. Um, yes, they had their little announcements here and there. Um, but like Julian said, like it didn't stop like the momentum of the fans uh, cheering or anything like that. Whereas in the semifinals and the finals, I think they brought their host back um, and they had like what's called hits, right? So um, whatever they're marketing or promoting or, you know, trying to hype people up in between, um, I guess fans weren't like paying attention too much and the music wasn't really there those last two games uh, compared to all the other games. So maybe music will dictate and like, you know, like Julian said, like the fans will create their own environment. Um, But give or take, I, I really feel like it depends on what ballpark you're in um maybe some cities you need that some you don't yeah um but i think you should experiment on both and see what works in your games um because they do need like, some sort of entertainment um to a certain extent right you don't want to overdo it as well um but you know julian makes a very good point there and i do want to highlight one thing before we forget that the marlins are doing great and we're talking about the classic we're talking about heritage um the marlins do have their heritage nights which they were promoting the new jerseys ahead of time. Everything's already released um, to the public to view uh, for Mexico Heritage Night, Puerto Rico Heritage Night, you know, Israeli, you know, Italian, you know, Dominican Heritage Night, and which I think they're really taking advantage of the World Baseball Classic into promoting it and their key players on their team so that those games would definitely, you know, have like a sellout effect. Um, when the time comes, because I did go to PR Heritage Night um, last season, and you know that, like I said, that was just a taste of what yeah, the world. Yeah, it's fun, but it's not packed. Yeah. It's not. It's not a world baseball yeah. class. I think. The, I think the thing is, you know, and you know that certain demographic. So they were smart on you know what team was in town during that time to do a specific heritage. You know, because predominantly with New York, you're probably going to have a lot of Puerto Ricans or Dominicans. So when New York comes into town or, you know, yeah. already, you can have all the New Yorkers out here going to the game that moved out here to South Florida. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, I think nationalism is just it's big. I mean, it's what gets people going. It's like having I mean, think about it. Like you guys don't watch you guys watch the World Cup, but you guys don't watch soccer. It's something about yeah. seeing your country in there. It, it, Wrapping, I, yourself in watch, the flag. Wrapping yourself yeah, in the I flag. Yeah, I mean, do you? Do we watch track and field outside of the Olympics? No, I mean, I mean, maybe some people, but let's be real. Like ninety nine percent of people, I, don't. I watch people to see and, who's going to go to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, and then and then like and then like kind of to like the the crowd thing. It's like when you think of some of the best like places to go watch a certain team, like they don't do that manufactured shit. Like if you yeah. you go to the Packers game, it is fucking wild because it's like they don't need to do that. It's and you think of like the craziest atmospheres, like I'm sure Jojo, when you like you said when you went to DR in Puerto Rico, like it was just wild. It was all up to the fans. It wasn't like anything the Marlins did in particular, or like even when you. I'm sure it's like that when you go to a Yankees game or a Jets game or whatever. Like yeah. you think of those hardcore fan bases. They don't yeah. need to do that. And I and I part of me feels like it's like when you start trying to do all this manufactured like shit, it just like it makes it not as real, and it kind of takes away like these no. traditions that were made by the fans, no. you know, no, I could see that. And I, I just feel like, you know, Marlins did have like a traditional fan base. 
And I don't know if the if it's that that gap or void they're trying to fill with the quietness in the stadium. Yeah. There's a lot no of space to fill there. in baseball. baseball yeah, so I feel like it's tough. It's tough out here <laughs> until they really get an established fan base. And this could be it. Like if Marlins could go on a little run here, carry momentum from the World Baseball Classic, maybe start off with a winning record first 20 games. Who knows? We could see a shift here in Miami. But so I, I also think too. I was gonna. I also think too. This plays into the factor that people want to go to the meaningful games. They want to go to like this. Like you know, it's Miami, and people want to be yeah. where people are going. Like I guess Fact. it's That's like. And I think making meaningful games where it's like, oh, like, man, I got to go see it. Like, that's what brings. And I think like, yeah, if you have a one o'clock game on a Wednesday, like, of course, it's just not going to fill out because who gives a fuck? Like, you know what I mean? And I that's what work that, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like that also yeah, kind of plays a factor. It's like, down at one o'clock. Like, I, I won't be there. <laughs> like, bro, I, I would I would I don't think it would happen, but I would love to see a 60 game season. I think that like you make shit like make the regular season like really count like man it could be i think that's how you you create that that hype and that like that because like am i gonna like put like crowds are gonna help push your team forward are your crowd really gonna help push your team forward if you're like in a may game and like a wednesday afternoon like it's just it's not not like how it used to when there's nothing else to do there's too many things that are captivating people's eyes Listen, man, yeah. there's ultra going on. Listen, we got yeah. the NBA finals. A lot of shit going on in Miami, but let's get off baseball. We've been talking a lot of live. We this is like probably the longest segment of baseball we talked. Julie, Julie and I appreciate you, by the way. Julie, I appreciate exciting. you talking about baseball because you know, you know. I, like I said, this was the most exciting I've had watching base. The most excitement I've had watching baseball in a long time, and that's why I don't mind talking about it longer because one, it doesn't happen like every four years yeah so yep. and it was a big deal so it's like you know all right yo uh, uh puerto rico 2026 uh, you're you heard it from me here first yep, right yep. all right I'm 20, here, yeah man. i guess 26 right. yeah let's talk about some other madness going on because we're in the middle we're almost ending march but we're in the middle of march madness we're in our final four we're talking about men's ncaa basketball march madness uh, teams that nobody has suspected. I, we got to go quick through this because I, I don't know how the turn has been for you, JoJo, but we're in the final four. We got UM uh, versus uh, UConn. We got UConn, FAU versus, uh, I forget the San other Diego. Teams. San Diego State. Oh, yeah, I forget. San, San Diego. Diego State University. Um, JoJo, let's go to you because, you, you know, you watch basketball. How, how has your March Madness been? All Everybody's bracket has been fucked up. Nobody picked UM and FAU to go to this year. Everybody's Yo. shit got blown up like the first Listen. two the first two weeks and <laughs> shit got blown up. The first couple games. When Purdue lost. I will say, <laughs> I will say, look, I've been watching UConn all season. And I told you this is our year, man. We're gonna make a run, right? Early on, we were ranked, we got up to rank number two. We started off 14 and 0. The only teams we lost to were in the big east. So we were out there cooking. And I will say I did predict on my main bracket, because we all have multiple brackets. Oh, yeah, but the yeah, main I bracket. Yeah, make a couple. Yeah, I got I got two. I actually got two out of the four for final four correct. And that was UM. Can you believe that? Wow. I had that much faith in UM. I actually uh, thought they'd make a run and they did. And they end up playing UConn. And of course I have UConn winning. Obviously, on the other side, no one predicted that shit. Fucking yeah. FAU and, and, and San Diego State. <laughs> I didn't even know FAU was in the bracket. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. No, dead ass. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. I didn't even know they had a basketball team. Like I'm well, they're <laughs> they're pretty young. They're, they're you know, a new school. I thought Bro, they just they had football and baseball. Are they in, are they in FIU's yeah, conference? I'm sure they are. I would imagine. Shit, bro, I, I, the day we'll see FIU. I, I legit party. didn't know they had a basketball team because I, I never heard of them talk about basketball. Regarding. 
Just football. And I'll keep a long story short on UConn's run. Um, our first two games, we finished um, – actually, all three games, we won by double digits, and we gave Gonzaga an ass whooping last game, and they barely beat UCLA. Damn. And honestly, yeah. we've had favorable matchups. Listen, shout out to all the upsets because that benefited UConn. We had yeah. Arkansas take down number one Kansas for us. Thank you, Arkansas, because then we cooked them. Then we had Gonzaga take out UCLA for us. Thank you, Gonzaga, because I was not scared of, to play Gonzaga at all. And look, we won by like 27. I was actually uh, – I feared UCLA. Yeah, uh, I thought UCLA a had a good team. They had a decent team. Yo, so, you know what? Hey, we're rolling. We're in the Final Four. I actually saw that um, University of Miami game versus Texas when they came back from 13 Ooh. points. And they, they got a squad. I'll tell you that right now. So, I think this next game is going to be good. But we're still winning by 15 because that's the trend. We've won every game in double. I'm sorry, Gabe. I know you're going for you. Listen, listen. Local Miami native. Listen, I'm going to root for anything UM because UM, listen, our football (laughs) team hasn't been that great in a couple years. The last time UM football has been good, about 2008, we beat Notre Dame in Miami in Hard Rock Stadium. I'm not going to talk about that. But you know what? (laughs) I feel like UM has set the standard. UM has never been to a Final Four. They set the standard. This is like, yo, this is the expectation now going forward. Like, yo. Y'all, y'all gotta come up. Y'all gotta come up here. Whoever the other UM teams, the UM basketball teams that come after this, Thanks. y'all gotta come up here. Like you know, they set the standard, especially with the women making a run uh, deep in the that playoffs. Too. They got eliminated, you know, by LSU. But you know, it was a it was a good run. It's a good year, regardless of uh, of the result. I feel like we're playing with house money. UM is playing with house money. We shouldn't be here. I felt like, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, not that they overperform, but like yo, they they if there's a Cinderella team. UConn versus Miami. I feel like Miami's like nobody's expecting nobody's expecting Miami no. to play that. No. So it's gonna be exciting. I'm gonna be talking shit in the chat on the WhatsApp. Be talking Let's shit to Georgia. It. I'm gonna watch the game. Um, but I feel like anybody who comes out of here, I feel like you know the other side is gonna be kind of weaker. Like FAU, yeah, San Diego State. I don't know enough about them to tell you about this. Is the national championship UConn versus Miami yeah. is the national championship? Because on the other side, yeah, beautiful like Cinderella stories on both ends. They're not beating. Whichever team comes out of uh, UM versus UConn, it's it's not happening. I don't see it happening. Also, yeah. warning: we are all FIU alums. For those who don't know, so <laughs> so we're all like, "Fuck FAU, they ain't gonna do shit." So, <laughs> Foul out yeah. on the prize. That's why I'm not even rooting for FAU because they shit on us too many times in football, and we gone to those games. We're like, nah, like even though like South Florida <laughs> locals, you know, everyone yeah. would love to see. FAU versus Miami. I'm a root for that I'm a root for South Florida. I'm a root for South Florida. Be if dope. I have to. FAU yeah. Miami will be dope, but unfortunately, sorry, UM, you're not getting by my Huskies. It's just not happening. Um, so unfortunately, I have to wait till next year to possibly Listen, see that matchup. So, roll the ball. All right, so we, so roll we can the ball. agree that we have FAU beating San Diego because don't sleep on San Diego. Like they're actually. I'm not gonna say about San Diego. I don't know. It. I mean, I they're fifth seed for they a took reason. Down Creighton I mean. last last game, and yo, know, Creighton was. Yeah. They're a tough team, man. They like be the came out big, man. Um, so I don't know. So who, who y'all got? Who y'all got? In that side? Listen, listen. I mean, San Diego be Alabama. So and they were which ranked is number the number one. one seed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's 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 what I'm saying. Yeah. Listen, I'm not gonna sleep on San Diego State if they come out. It's fine, but it's just I don't know enough about the history of San Diego State. I don't know nothing about their players. I feel like they should win. FAU, man, it's such a tiny, tiny school. Like. They are nice. they if, if anybody will perform, maybe right FAU will perform. Yeah, yeah. There nobody nobody when they talk about Florida schools, 
FAU. While it have is, y'all been there? A popular school in Florida. I've been to FAU. You know, I had a friend go to FAU. I've only drove I, by that, FAU. I've I've walked in there. I'm telling you now, that place is a glorified high school. <laughs> it's like, a tiny I, school. I, I walked I walked through there and I felt like I was in high school. Like it reminded me of my high school. Maybe not as nice because yeah. it's not a fucking college university yeah. but the layout of it it was the shit had a breezeway like it was it, it literally looked and like a glorified I, high school i don't want to you know take away deteriorate anything that the guys accomplished because they they they've gone far they're in the fucking final four no nah, so. fuck them right. yo <laughs> with nothing <laughs> listen <laughs> compared to listen compared to all these other schools you want to talk about alabama houston you want to talk about whatever, Gabe, whatever. i don't want to hear yeah. your Duke, you want to talk about unc how many? How many? How many of those players are NIL players that get played? You know, hundreds of thousands, yeah. millions of dollars. This FAU school just comes out of nowhere and is fucking in the Final Four. That's a fucking pretty impressive. I'm sorry. Yeah, get it, I don't want to diminish what the FAU. fuck they come. We get it, Gabe. I'm a root for South Florida. FAU. I'm a root for South Florida. Every place I can go. I'm a root <laughs> we South get it, Gabe. You're right. you're a, a secreted owl fan. Nah. <laughs> All right, look, look. Hypothetically, we're hypothetically. gonna take your FIU degree away. <laughs> take look, it away. It, <laughs> If FAU were to face UM in the national championship, who's winning that? Because I, I mean, oh, I said man. UM, but I, I want to hear from y'all now. I think it's you, this, not even close, dude. Yeah, I think honestly, the UM this UM team is pretty special. Regardless, I mean, they've had some other teams that got close that you know they get into the finals, or whatever, but they fall out the first round or something. But this this UM team is pretty special. Um, and they play pretty well. I I, I have UM. UM on top. Um, for those that don't know why I'm such a big UConn fan, that was my dream college. Didn't end up going there, but I did take a tour of the campus early on, uh, 2013. So that was the year before they actually won the national championship in 2014 when the men's and women's team won. And I was so pissed that I didn't go. I was like, damn, yeah. I could have been a UConn partying up right now. <laughs> national championships. Um, so, you know, just early on in high school, uh, you know, I was a huge, you know, UConn fan overall mm-hmm. the school too, you know, not, not just the teams. So that's why I'm still rooting for them, you know. Who knows, maybe grad school, I, UConn student, you know. Pay the out of state I protest. I protested this March Madness because North Carolina choked when they needed to be there. Oh, so let's not talk about North Carolina. Oh. I, they they oh, fucking God. choked in the Yo, ACC tournament. So talk I about a, this whole March Madness. There's a lot Madness. going on with that. Look, you got you got players uh, entering the transfer some are, uh, portal. Some you are got, saying North Carolina's on know, the down. They're 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 their arrows pointing downwards like this. They're going down. And South <laughs> going up. They're trading places. Bring Roy, they need to bring Roy Williams. <laughs> Yo, anyways, yeah. UConn gonna be national champs. I gotta post the bracket out here. I need y'all to see my realistic bracket. So at least you know I pre- predicted two out of the four of the final four correct. So I- I'll All take right. that. I live with that. All right, let, let, let's transition over because uh, you know the NFL never stops. Always making news. Tons of NFL news going on. Although we're in March, there's no games being played, but. NFL, oh, there's transactions, man. We got to talk about transactions. Let's talk about the biggest stories in the NFL going on because now we're in open season. Trades being made. People are being reassigned. Caps being, you know, uh, alleviated. Uh, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers uh, reportedly still with the Packers, hasn't signed. Yep. There's already talks with the Jets. We've already had conversations about Taking him being traded. He still wants Randall Cobbs for some reason. He wants everybody from – he just wants to transfer everybody from the Green Bay Packers over to the Jets. He just they got has, one player. <laughs> they got Lazard over there. <laughs> um, 
Um, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing is a pretty much done deal, even though as today as we record on Tuesday, he hasn't signed yet, but I think it's pretty much done. I think the Green Bay Packers are done with him. Julian, I'll go to you. Aaron Rodgers situation, how do you feel about it? I think he's I think he's gone, man. I think uh I I really think he's going to to leave. I think they're just settling it out. I mean, I think it's in the best interest of both sides. The I think Green Bay wants to get rid of the money. They want to get rid of the money. You still have this rookie that you signed in the first round four years ago and just Jordan Love. I think they want to see what they have in him. Green Bay is not a good team. They're going to have to reboot it. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be there anymore because of the fact that that team is not very good. <clears throat> now that Lazard's gone, he really has no weapons. I genuinely don't know who who's on the wide receiver squad for that team. Um, I, I think he has to go. I think the Jets are real contenders. Um, I don't know if you guys know, offense coordinator for the Jets now, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Was there the, the two the two MVP seasons Aaron Rodgers was in Green Bay? Obviously Nathaniel Hackett was uh terrible uh for the Broncos and that ended badly. But um I think I think it's a done deal. I mean the, the Jets are legitimately a quarterback away. They have top offensive line players, they have a, a great decent running, running back. back with Bree Brees Hall. He got hurt, you but have, he's coming back. You have the offensive rookie of the year with Garrett Wilson. You now have uh, Alan Lazard. You have one of the top five defenses in the league. And you have what I like to think a really good coach. And then you're also bringing back your your guy at OC. So to me, the writing's on the wall. I think it's just a matter of how this is going to look. Because honestly, it's going to be it's going to be a massive trade. It's going to be something wild. Um I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if you guys have an idea of what it could possibly look like. It's obviously going to entail multiple first round picks. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, th- think, I think it's just a matter. I don't think it's a matter of if. I think it's a matter of when. Yeah, and, and Aaron Rodgers did this last year when oh, he was trying to resign or renegotiate his contract. He waited a long ass time. I think this is a done deal. As far as the details, he wants to get other acquire other people from his team. That is to be, you know, to be announced, whatever, uh, as far as they how they hash out all the details. But I think he's definitely gone. Um, it's a done deal. He hasn't signed, but I think it's over. Like, he's going to go with the Jets. The Jets should be – they were a pretty good team without him. Like, they were definitely on the up uh, on the upside. They have a top forward. defense, so, you yeah. know, he hasn't had that in a while. So, yeah. you know, and honestly, wants the most – I was going to say, I think, too, like the most untalked about thing is I think this is good for Zach Wilson. I think that man was not ready to handle the New York lights and not even just the New York, but even just to play in the NFL. I think you're now bringing in a guy who everybody compared him to coming out of the draft. They were comparing him to the new Aaron Rodgers or to like uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I think it's honestly good for him to sit behind him and learn because that dude is still really young. And I always thought like, don't get me wrong. He was fucking atrocious. He was bad, but I mean, the guy was still really young and he's still trying to figure it out. So maybe give him some time. We'll see. But weirdly enough, this is the second time a Packers quarterback has gone to New York. Yeah, uh, Brett Favre, Brett Favre went to the Jets. 
But I know if this deal happens, uh, Gabe is going to be shaking in his boots. I ain't shaking over shit. Worried. <laughs> and I know, I know. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're going to hear JoJo become a actually represent his hometown and be a Jets fan. And Tua, we trust. Okay, let's let's go on. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Yes, Jets, 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 Jets. Let's talk about Lamar. Be like midseason. Lamar Jackson is the biggest asset, big piece uh, coming out of Baltimore. Uh, You know, obviously, this whole summer he's been talking about he wants. You know, since the Deshaun Watson transaction, he's he's asking for Deshaun Watson money two two thirty, at least five or six years. Um, He's like he doesn't expect anything less. So he's been holding out and he's negotiating for himself, which you know what? I respect that. He's negotiating for himself. I don't know if that's super smart, but I respect that he's taking control of whatever, you know, obviously former MVP, uh, uh, league MVP. Uh, Deshaun Watson, um, I think it was what, March 22nd? He, he's been coming out in the news recently that he said March 22nd, he asked for a trade. March 27th, they actually oh, put... Was it they the 2nd or 22nd? March 22nd, 22 yeah. He asked for a trade. March 27th, 2-7, uh, they yeah. put the franchise tag on him. So now he's out in obligation. So um, Baltimore right now has has his rights. So um, he can go out and talk to other teams. But Baltimore Ravens retain the right to uh, match that. Or if they don't match it, they're asking for uh, two first-rounders, a 20, 2023, a 2024 first-round draft pick if they don't want to sign him. So I feel like... You know, Lamar Jackson definitely has all the power. We talk about player empowerment. He has all the power in the situation, but since they put the franchise tag on him, they're, I feel like they're telling the league, yo, you value yourself as this much. You value yourself as a Deshaun Watson contract. Let's see who actually is going to meet that. So, Julian, I'll go to you. Um, how do you feel about this Lamar Jackson situation? I know you had some strong opinions we talked about earlier off off air, but uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, is he? What, what's going on? I think he's gone. I don't see a world where he stays. Um, and I think he's going to the NFC. I don't think they're going to trade within conference. Quite honestly, I think it, it, all that's going to do is hurt Baltimore. I think the damage is done. Who, man, I, I don't know where he could possibly go. Um, I think the Falcons? Give it up. The Falcons? I, I, think some, I think somebody's going to give it up. For, I think somebody's going to give up. All that for him, I'm sh- I'm sure. I think at the end of the day, it's a quarterback driven league, and if you everybody needs a guy, um, except outside of like maybe five or six teams. So, yeah, I I think it's all but done. Where he goes, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody's pointing to the Falcons. I mean, I um, heard that makes to me that makes, makes the a most lot of sense. Washington. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say. Um, everybody's pointing to the Falcons, but I just I don't see the Falcons doing it. I think it's going to be a team we don't expect. Um, personally, honestly, I didn't even think about Washington. What JoJo said that actually makes a ton of sense to me. Um, a part of me is thinking like maybe like Seattle, but then again, I later thought about well, Seattle already got rid of like already has like no picks left because yeah, of the fact they got rid of everything. Was- All they got is Metcalf. So well they have well they have that surplus from the from the Russell Wilson trade. So a part of me could see that happening because you have because Seattle has those extra picks to do it. But I it's definitely gonna be an NFC team. I just to me it would make absolutely no sense for the the Raiders. I mean not the Raiders, the uh Ravens 
to trade within conference. And quite honestly, oh, I'd yeah. be kind of happy. Be to, and honestly, I'm kind of happy for him to go to NFC because I think it, the AFC is way too stacked right now. And we kind of need to disperse it a little bit. And also, I did hear a lot of talks about him potentially going to Indianapolis. I will say I do not want him to go to Indianapolis. Yeah, as they, a, they, they need a quarterback. They need a quarterback for sure. Um, and Indy is not afraid to go after go after people. It seems like they want to do anything but draft one. So, yeah. uh, but I, I honestly, to me, I could really see like I know no one's talking about it, but I could see a Seattle move. I, they have the picks from the Russell Wilson trade. They, I mean, how long are you going to roll with Geno? Like we know Geno. Listen, not that's a hot hand. A that's a hot hand. They just resigned Geno. Yeah, yeah, that's a hot hand. Let them roll out. Yeah, but are you going to want to have Gino, or, you, or would you rather go after Lamar Jackson if he's there G- and you have the picks? Gino ain't been hurt. Plus the picks. Gino's not hurt. Exactly. So you got a good backup quarterback. Damn. You can put, La- you can put Lamar Jackson. Damn. Damn. I mean, I don't know, man. I like Washington. He'll still be in the DMV area as well. Wa- Wa- Washington's definitely a very realistic move. I could definitely Bro, see that. They have some talent on that team. Like, you know? Yeah, like you know they. They win games you don't think they'll win. That that's why they're McLaurin. annoying team, right? It's like, all right. So here's the thing. My uh my take on that. It's like now I feel like it's yeah, getting yeah. you don't want it to get messy, like with the Texan situation. You don't you don't want that to happen. Um, who knows? Maybe he settles. Maybe they do. The thing is that he wants guaranteed money. Maybe get a shorter contract, three year contract, hundred fifty million. Um, get him some He's guaranteed money. And then he'll be a free agent afterwards. I, I don't you think know, he's going to do that. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. I think Deshaun, just like the owners are saying, and I, I Deshaun, Watson, Deshaun Watson fucked up everything. Yeah. Just, just like Rudy Gobert in the NBA. Rudy Gobert fucked up everything. <laughs> yeah. He Damn. fucked up everything. That's Haslam. That's the owner Haslam. And now every, everybody's seeing how it's, it has not worked out for Cleveland and Houston. Yeah. And it's like, man, I mean, do you want to risk that? Messy, man. Yeah, to hold out this long now. They raised the bar. They raised the bar. Guess what? Yesterday's price is not today's price. Lamar Jackson's gonna get paid. He's a fucking NFL MVP. I'm sorry. He if he's holding out for money, he's gonna get paid. Cause uh, if I'm Baltimore, what's your Tyler Huntley? That's your that's your backup. That's your. If if Baltimore actually genuinely doesn't care, and you play the season, and you see how he performs, and if time moves on, maybe they move on. Like, and that's a risk. I don't think Baltimore's yeah, scared. I think I don't think Baltimore's scared. Baltimore most likely, if they trade him, they're going to get a high pick because of the fact it's going to be a team without a quarterback that needs one, and it's going to be a bad team. So they're going to get a high first round pick and a following pick in a quarterback heavy draft class. I don't think they're afraid to like let him go, get a high pick, and draft that will that Richardson guy out of Florida or CJ Stroud or bundle the picks to move up even higher like i i don't think i don't think they're scared i i don't think baltimore they, i i really think they're content with letting him go because of what they could get in return in this draft class well um by the way ravens have number 22 as if it stands right now as of today tuesday they have number 22 that's their first round draft pick they have this year unless they trade and so unless some transaction happens they have number 22 as i said so. and think about it if they trade it's probably going to be to a bad team who has a high pick and, and in that range to get a top 
quarterback. You want to talk about NFC teams? Can we talk about Carolina? I don't know all the assets that Carolina has. Carolina has traded a whole shit ton. Remember, they traded CMC. They traded Christian McCaffrey. He's gone. Yeah, they got up. So you're talking about if, if Julian, I'm going to follow your logic. Say he's going to go to the yeah, NFC. Baker. Either it's at maybe Atlanta, maybe Carolina. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how the money no, works. I don't. Exactly. Know. I haven't. I haven't done a lot of research. I haven't done a lot of research. I'm just saying. <laughs> Dolphins, no, perhaps. No, I'm not, no, that's the AFC. They're not going to Dolphins, man. Two, we trust. <laughs> no shot. He's going to Panthers. The Panthers gave up way too much to get number one overall pick. I think personally, and we can transition here to the Panthers getting this uh, this trade between the Bears, which we all kind of saw coming from the Bears. Panthers give up, get the number one overall pick, and in return, the Bears get the number DJ nine Moore. pick, which is what the, the Panthers return. They get the number 61 pick. They get the Panthers' first rounder in 2024. They get the Panthers' second rounder in 2025. And they get much-needed wide receiver DJ Moore. Yeah. Um, the Panthers, they clearly got, to me, I think they have their eyes on uh, Bryce Young. I'm not a big Bryce Young fan. And again, I am an Alabama hater. Um, I really like CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud is the best quarterback in this class. Personally, he has all the intangibles. He's the man is big. I think Bryce Young reminds me of Tua too much. And I, I, but I think the Panthers are going to go that route. I think the Bears absolutely fucking killed it. I don't think it was a terrible give up by the Panthers if they really like their guy. But to me, the Bears, A plus trade. You get a number nine overall pick, which you can easily get another weapon for is what you need. You get a stud veteran wide receiver in DJ Moore, who is a multifaceted tool who can do so many things in between the backfield and out wide for a team that desperately needed wide receiver talent. You've already got Chris Claypool, which is who you traded for in the trade deadline. Now you got uh, DJ Moore, and now you potentially have the opportunity to then pick up some more players in the ninth and in the uh, late second round. So I think this was a huge get by the Bears and a much-needed one because obviously they invested too much. They traded up to get Justin Fields. Justin Fields showed some promise last year um, in his running ability, but I know Justin Fields, watching him in college, I know the man can sling the rock, and he just wasn't able to – he didn't have anybody to throw it to. Now things are actually starting to get moving and he's actually getting like people who can go out there and actually run routes and wasn't selling cars like two weeks before the season started. Um, I think that, you know, Chicago Bears all in. They made tons of tra- uh, transactions uh, in the all season. I think they're one of these teams that like, I don't know if they're going to be good next year, but they're going to be good in a few years. Like, I feel like that about Carolina. I feel like that about uh, the Bears. I feel like uh, Jacksonville's made some moves. So I feel like they are making moves that like, you know, they're trying to be relevant like uh this is the time like where you acquire acquire assets and, and make moves and see chicago listen i'm not gonna go all in chicago because chicago is still a tough it's still a tough division but I, I feel like they're making moves they're there you know and maybe it's the trend you know the transaction before the transaction like you know really i think it's a weak division i mean you got most likely green bay packers and aaron Rodgers list green bay packers That's the a detroit fact. lions team who still has Watch Jared out. Goff at the helm? Watch out, man! They played. They played hey, great at the end of the year. But run. are they? Are they going to be a perennial? Like, how far are they set up in the future? And then you have a Minnesota team who always seems to fumble the bag in important games. I'm not saying the Bears can win the division, 
but I also don't think it's like be competitive. completely out of the realm. They're going to be competitive. As for the Panthers, I really like the Panthers, like they're really hitting reset and I think they needed to. And I remember talking about this last year that they felt like they needed to. I felt like the whole Baker and Sam Darnold thing just wasn't going to work. The team wasn't really had a great base in the first place to then bring in these guys. Um, so Panthers, they're a very long way away because they have outside of like, um, I think it's Brian Burns. Like they don't really have any talent on that team. Very little. And they got rid of a lot of players. Um, they're just completely hitting reset. The only thing that would worry me about the Panthers is now that you're giving up all these first round picks and you don't really have a team um, of like players that are competing. That's what worries me when it comes to the Panthers. It's like, all right, you gave up all these picks, but then who are you going to pick the next following years? Because as of right now, unless you go all in off free agency, you don't really have any draft capital to kind of bounce back now that it's all gone. It's not like you pulled a Rams where it's like, all right, we're going we fuck the picks. We're getting free agents. Yeah, we're trading them for all free agents, players. All the money, all the trades, everything. Like they threw all the chips on the table, and it was worth it. I mean, they got the chip, even though they're shitty the following season. But you know, that's another story. All right, can we talk about the Eagles? I guess uh, let's finish it off with the Eagles. Eagles, uh, they're keeping everybody. I guess they're you know obviously they lost in the final championship but they brought what you call it out of retirement they brought uh jason kelsey out of retirement they're like yo kelsey's like i'm gonna do one more ride kelsey the whole year was like yo, i'm gonna retire he's like you know what one more ride i think jalen hurts is really that good uh julian how do you feel about the eagles uh keeping everybody uh together keeping the unit we're gonna run it back one more time dude the eagles did an incredible job they got all these guys on super low contracts because yeah. they had a ton of free agents and man they all came back for the most part. Fletcher Cox is back. Darius Slay is back. Lane Johnson gets uh, signed a contract extension. Jason Kelsey's back. Like count Boston, like countless people. Fletcher, uh, did I already say Fletcher Cox? Now you bring in a reliable backup and Marcus Mariota, like Justin Evans. Like you brought it back so many people. Like in all one year short term deals, like you know this is like all in. Like you have to, and rightfully so. Um, there's not a better team in the NFC. There's not a single team that compete that can compete in the NFC um, with the Eagles. The Eagles are just too good. Um, the only one that you could say potentially is the Niners, but we don't know what that quarterback situation is going to look like. Um, is it going to be Brock Purdy? Is it oh, going to be Trey run, Lance? Run back, Brock. I think it's got to be Purdy. But even so, this is the Eagles conference to take. The Eagles are going back into the Super Bowl. I'm saying it now. It's wow, you're an Eagles guy. Question. You're an Eagles. I'm not an Eagles guy, but I'm like, <laughs> dude, who the hell is gonna beat them? Like, who's gonna beat them in the NFC? The Cowboys? Get the it's, fuck out of here. Like, I mean the Giants. Don't sleep. Don't, nah. Giants may move. <laughs> Giants may move. Giants bro, maybe, but like no, I get it though. Eagles I are better. It. The Eagles yeah. are better. Yeah, oh, for and sure. They they them in the playoffs, so and I mean the Look, it's like we saw it with Tampa. I mean, you if you keep players, man, like it, it makes you a contender. And a lot of these players are still in their primes. They could have left and outside of like obviously like Elaine Johnson or like a, a Jason Kelsey. Um, these are guys that could have went off and made like money. Like I think Darius Slay could have made serious cash flow but somewhere else but he decided he wanted, to stay he said, yeah he said he I, I think his conversation he wanted to stay like he, a he wanted to get paid but because he could have he could he, he, he would have got, got a payday yeah i'm sure somebody i think he has loyalty to the eagles and and being in a situation like 
they have a really good team. They were really close. Uh, I wasn't an Eagle guy in the beginning. Again, I gave like four or five weeks. I was like, ah, I don't know. Everybody's talking about the Eagles. I don't know. Afterwards, I'm like, okay. I see. I see what they're talking about. I don't know. You that now, but in, in fantasy, the first people you drafted were these eagle players. So, listen, <laughs> listen. I had AJ Brown. I had AJ Brown. You know what I mean? I had Jalen Hurts. Hurts. I, had to, I had to draft him. So you know what I mean? Uh, a couple. You know, I had to wait to see, but I'm all into the all Eagles. Right. All right, we can end it here, and this revolves Gabe's Miami Dolphins. Dolphins trade for star cornerback. Jalen Ramsey, Gabe, how you that. feeling? I love it. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, and you got uh, Xavier Howard on the opposite side. Love it. Probably not, the top cornerback duo in the league, would you say? Dare I say? Uh, definitely maybe, one of. Like five years ago, I would have said that. but yeah, um, Definitely five, one of. <laughs> definitely one of. They're one of the um, I feel like, you know, uh, this is coming off the heels of Byron Jones. Byron Jones, uh, you know, coming out this uh, offseason. Obviously, it was, it was hard for him to come back on the field. He was had tons of injuries, and when he was on the field, he wasn't playing at the top level. And you know, they they waived him. I think they released him. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I didn't expect this. I wasn't seeing like, oh, they're going to acquire uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, all coming out of FSU. Listen, I'm a Jalen Ramsey fan in parts. Like sometimes he plays really well. Sometimes I just see him get burnt. He's been burnt in the playoffs. And I'm like, yo. It's the playoffs, man, man. You you can't get burned all the time. Uh, but as far as acquiring, if we're going to drop Byron Jones, who's who's one of these top, he got paid like he was a top cornerback. But obviously, mm-hmm. if injuries are suffering him, then we have to, I guess, as a organization, move on. Uh, so I'm fine with that. As far as acquiring Jalen Ramsey, I would like to see. This is a Jalen Ramsey later. I feel like I'm getting Jalen Ramsey after his prime. Like I feel I'm, you know, I'm not getting you know Jaguars Jalen Ramsey. I'm getting you. Know. I, I, honestly, I don't think he, was, <laughs> he he is he has not been the same since he's left Jacksonville. And he played great. He played good in Los Angeles, but Jalen Ramsey was easily the best corner in the league when he was in Jacksonville, and it wasn't even close. Somebody who watched him every single day, like every single game. When he was here, like it, it wasn't even a competition. And you can Aaron Donald saved Jalen Ramsey's Super Bowl career because we were all there together. Well, well, Gabe, yeah, yeah Gabe, we're all watching there. that. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Ramsey, uh, Jamar Chase cooked Jalen Ramsey at the end. He got and Aaron Donald saved his ass by sa- by sacking uh, Joe Burrow because if Joe Burrow would have had even an, an inch of space. He was getting that wide open bomb to Jamar Chase because uh, Ramsey got cooked right there. Yep. <laughs> After so, all the chatter, I remember that. <laughs> so overall, overall, Jalen Ramsey, I feel like we definitely need to help. Listen, our listen, our defense, our cornerbacks, we definitely need help on that end. And I feel like Jalen Ramsey is a name. I want to see the play. Like I, I'm just so roll the ball out and let me see how he plays. Is a great name, big name, top defensive player in the past. What can you do this year? Uh, I'm going to wait to see yeah. guy. I'm going to wait to see guy. Are you a little upset that you felt like the Dolphins didn't get, like, a better backup? For? Like, for Tua. Like, for the, like. For Tua? Do you think, like, we you guys Brissette. think that you guys should. We have Brissette. <laughs> like, um, to me, obviously, I don't think he wanted a backup job. But like, bro, Jimmy G was right there, dog. Jimmy no, G was right fuck there. Fuck you, man. Get out of here. Fuck Jimmy G. Get the fuck out of here. Jimmy no, G. let's be real though. Jimmy G. I'm waiting for Tom. I'm waiting for Mike Tom. McDaniel's. No, real quick. With Mike McDaniel's, 
who was on that, who played with Jimmy G for years. I think Jimmy G's a backup. Don't get me wrong, but like, dude, Jimmy G would e- is easily would be one of the best backups in the league. Hey, listen, he's a starter right now, so he got paid again. You, you're you're how. cool rolling out with Jacoby Brissett. Oh, yeah, cool. that's not our backup now. That's not our backup now. Oh, uh, who's it? Bridgewater, I think it is. No, is it not, Teddy? Not anymore. We we got a. Uh, we got Stidham. Just Stidham. Is our back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is it Stidham? And no, no, no. We got the Jets. Uh, who's the Jets guy? Uh, White. White. The, the backup for the Jets. You guys got Mike White? Oh, yeah, we got Mike. The third got, string? Oh, man. I, completely, I like okay, Mike White. Mind. Fuck y'all. Wait, I, got, I, like third, Mike White. No, I like honestly, Mike White. No, I like Mike White. Dead ass? Jets is your no, dead ass? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot about the whole Mike White thing. That's actually really good. I take back everything right. that I said. You guys, right. we will race this from the thing. I did not know. That, Mike, I, I forgot Mike White went that, there. And with That's that disrespect huge to my up. Dolphins, with that disrespect to my Dolphins, we should end this <laughs> podcast because I'm angry. You'll take that. I'm angry. How you'll, dare you? Take I don't think disrespect. Jimmy G was that ridiculous, bro. He played for Mike McDaniel's. <laughs> Jojo, tell the people where they can get the podcast. Okay? <laughs> Listen, man, you'll find us on Instagram, Real Fans Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Catch your game on Catch Game on Twitter, the Twitter fingers. Catch us on Facebook. <laughs> catch us everywhere else, man. <laughs> he left. There's, there you go. That's the end of the podcast. Julian's out here being disrespectful. Um, yeah. We love the comments, the likes, the interactions, man. If you have anything you want to comment to us, let us know, man. We ready to debate all day every day let's get it all right peace out y'all you know where to find us anywhere you get your platform anywhere you get your podcast and uh yeah we'll see you guys in the next one peace